Welcome to the Salem Fields Community Church Podcast of the Weekly Message. We hope that you find this podcast personally helpful, and we also encourage you to share the subscription link found at salemfields.com podcast with your friends that might be able to use some practical advice and encouragement. Well, good morning. How's everyone doing on this 4th of July weekend? All right. So if you've all had a great weekend, I'm about ready to bring it all down for you. So... Hey, we're going to talk about a topic today that a lot of you wrote about in the People's Choice um, category, and um, it's a topic that not so many of us like to really talk about because, um, well, we do a lot of this anyway. Uh, But before we get started this morning, I'd like to read a little poem that I wrote. Um, Yes, I'm a poet, so um, you can take that forever you want when you finish hearing this poem. We'll see how good of a poet I am. But it's called Words Spoken in Listening Ears. Words were spoken, and what they spoke, some didn't want to hear, but others they tuned in with a listening ear. The words spoken rang out loud and clear. People again tuned in with a listening ear. Words were spoken about a girl named Ruth. The listening ears didn't care if it was the truth. Words were spoken spoken to the listening ears, but the real truth was not spoken, and that we should fear. I mean, last week at the picnic, 
I told everybody that Betty's son was going to jail. And I found out he's going to Yale. <laughs> wow. I don't know what happened to us. You know who's really bad at gossip? Who? <laughs> well, if you haven't figured it out yet, our topic today is gossip. You know, we live in a world where gossip is all around us. You search the Google, you put gossip in the Google bar search engine, and gossip comes up as gossip in the workplace, gossip in the schoolyard, gossip in church. Oh, yes, church. Church is one of the probably one most places that gossip happens the most. You know, um, one thing that, that, that I've realized, come to realize, is this. Um, years ago, um, when I left the Marine Corps, um, one of the greatest things about being in the service in the military is that sense of camaraderie that you have with your brothers and sisters that are serving in arms with you. That you would do, no matter what, what it is, that you would have your brother or sister's back, no matter what the, the consequences, no matter what the circumstances. And when I came out of the Marine Corps and I entered into the church world where I really started to dive in, I thought, well, no better place than where we should have each other's back is than in the church. It's the church that should have our, our, our brothers and sisters back because we're Christians, right? But where I found out is where I get hit back in the back most of the time um, by friendly fire. It was in the church. The night was calm and the sky was clear and a soothing breeze swept across the land. And as you laid on the ground looking up to the night sky, all you could see were the countless stars glimmering in their brilliance. It seems all is at peace in the night. Then out of nowhere, a tiny spark hits the ground. It causes you to sit up. The spark begins to flicker in the, uh, to the left and to the right, putting you in this little dance of a trance. Paying more attention to it, you start to feel more comfortable with the spark. As, you as it, the spark turns into a small little fire about the size of a campfire. Again, all you can do is just sit there almost as if you're, you are engaging into a, a comfort that it provides. After a little while of watching the fire, you decide to leave and go elsewhere, not worrying at all about what the little spark is and what it has done or what it has started. The next morning, you wake up to turn on the news and you notice the, the top story on the day is a raging fire that is burning out of control. You notice that the location that the fire started was where you were the night before. Gossip is something that we've all engaged in. Sure, we have tried to justify it by saying it's just conversation, um, that we're just talking about it, trying to figure things out. But what is the difference then between our gossip and our conversation? One thing that I've learned long ago was that if I'm not part of the solution and I'm talking about somebody, then that's gossip. And, and, and I shouldn't be talking about that person. I've become more of a problem then than, than even that person. So what is the difference between our gossip and conversation? It comes down to two things, motive and accuracy. Motive and accuracy. What is your motive behind saying in the conversations you're having with another person? Is it, is it to, to make yourself feel better? Is it to build yourself up? Or is it to help the person? What, what is the truth behind it? You know, the lady in the video talked about that she thought her, the guy's son was going to jail and he was going to Yale. I mean, how many times have we gotten caught up in conversation where we don't even know the bits and truths of that? Just this week alone, so many things have I caught myself on trying to, to get into conversation, what I thought was conversation, that I had to stop myself on. I'm just as guilty as this as anybody else. I even watched it this week with our, with our, with our, our swim team. You know, that little bits and pieces get said without being told the actual truth, and then it turns into this gossip thing. And, and it happens all the time. It's almost like we're on a complete episode of Dance Moms 
You know, you see, gossip all starts with this. It starts with the tongue. The tongue is, is the smallest muscle in the body, but yet with the greatest power. It's located in our mouth, and it gives us the ability to taste food, which we all enjoyed this weekend, I'm sure, with the cooking out, and to be able to digest it and chew it. And, of course, it gives us the ability to speak verbally. For, for some of us, our tongue is the strongest muscle in our body. The Bible mentions that our tongue, about our tongue as well. In James chapter 3, let's read James chapter 3. It's on the back of your notes in your program today, or it's going to be on the screen as, we, as we're reading along today. We all stumble along. If a person never speaks hurtful words or shouts in anger or profanity, then he has achieved perfection. The one who can control his tongue can also control the rest of his body. It's like when we place a metal bit into a horse's mouth and we ride it. We can control its entire body with the slightest movement of our hands. We have, never, have you ever seen a massive ship sailing effortlessly across the water? Despite its immense size and the fact that, it, that it's propelled by mighty winds, a small rudder directs the ship in the, directions, the direction the pilot chooses. It's the same with your tongues, with our tongues. It's a small muscle capable of marvelous undertakings. And do you know how many forest fires begin with a single ember from a small campfire? The tongue is a blazing fire seeking to ignite the entire, entire world of vices. The tongue is unique among all the body parts because it's capable of corrupting the whole body. If it were not enough, it ignites and consumes the course of creation with fuel that originates in hell itself. That's pretty powerful. Humanity is capable of taming every bird and beast in existence, even reptiles and sea creatures and great, of great and small. But no man has ever demonstrated the ability to tame his own tongue. It is a spring of restless evil, brimming with toxic poisons. Ironically, the same tongue can be both an instrument of blessing to our Lord and Father and is a weapon that hurls curses upon others who were created in God's own image. One mouth streams forth both blessings and curses. My brothers and sisters, this is not how it should be. Does a spring gush crystal clear fresh water and moments later spurt up a bittersweet, bitter salt water? My brothers and sisters, does a fig tree produce olives? Is, it, is there a grapevine capable of growing figs? Can salt water give way to fresh water? Who in your community understanding and wise, let, us, let his example... Was, which is marked by wisdom and gentleness, blaze a trail for others. And if your heart is to bleed, if your heart is one that bleeds dark streams of jealousy and selfishness, do not be so proud that you ignore your deprived, depraved state. The tongue is the root of all this that they're talking about. Is that it brings upon even the fire of hell if we're not easy and we watch out what we're saying. For those that can control their tongue, we're supposed to pay attention and be wise so that we can, that we can carry out the God's blessings. Because when we speak ill will against a brother or a sister, then we're speaking ill will against the creation of God. That God created us all in his image and that we're all perfect in his eyes when, when we accept his son as, as our savior. And so with that, that, then we're purified as snow. And then when we say other things against our brother or sister, then we're saying things against God. Now, if you're here as a guest with us, I'm sorry that you're coming into such a deep topic, but guess what? This doesn't just escape the church. This topic is an epidemic our world is facing. 
So many people have come to my office because they have issues of, of somebody saying something about another person that I'm going to have to then try to mediate the conversation. It's time for us to take a stand. It's time for us to be a church that is different. You can go into any church in America and you're going to see the same exact problem. You're going to see the same thing happening in small groups and ministries or just in conversation as you walk through the auditorium. But today we have the chance and the ability to change that. We can be a church that, that, that does away with putting fires in the world of, of gossip by putting them out. Our tongue is the root of evil, and if we're not careful of trying to tame it, it is the muscle, we're going, to, we're going to corrupt the world. It is the muscle that is behind one of the most dangerous epidemics of our society. You know that the words that are spoken of gossip are the things, the very things that start wars. They start wars. They destroy. There is no greater tool in the arsenal of Satan, our enemy, than that of gossip. So what happens when we gossip? Well, first of all, it starts to control exactly who we are. The next thing is it destroys the lives. It destroys not only your life for speaking it, but the lives of others you're speaking about. It stirs up conflict. It produces fights. It separates friendships. How many people could, could probably say, you don't have to raise your hands, but could say that you've lost friendships because of gossip? I know I have. It separates and tears down. It tears apart the trust that is there between you and another person. And then that is the root that fills us with all kinds of other sin. Proverbs eleven thirteen says, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Do you want to be known as a gossip? Proverbs sixteen twenty eight says, A perverse person stirs up conflict, and gossip separates close friends. They have, become, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're gossips. When we're gossiping, we're putting ourselves in the very same category as those that are, that are full of envy, that are full of deceit and malice, and they're putting our, we're putting ourselves in the exact same category as murderers. See, gossip is the root of evil. It's the greatest tool that Satan wants us to use because when he has us in conversations of gossip, he says, wow, I have them. I have them. We as a church need to try our best to put a stop to this gossip. We put it out there with our social media. I mean, how many times can you get on Facebook throughout the week and instead of we put our gossip out on Facebook? We put our thoughts and our feelings there that are tearing down other societies or tearing down other, other organizations. While it's a great tool, just like our tongue is a great tool, it can be the very place that gossip stirs and walks. Where gossip walks, the evil one walks. You see, gossip is a cancer. It's a poison. It's a parasite that wants nothing more to do with you than to destroy you and all the other people around you. It all begins with a very small spark and when not dealt with properly destroys everything. I'm reminded of what it says in James chapter 
3, verses 5 through 6, and it says this, is the same, it's just the same with our, our tongues. It's a small muscle capable of marvelous undertakings. And do you know how many more forest fires begin with a single ember from a small campfire? The tongue is a blazing fire seeking to ignite the world of vices. A tongue is unique among all parts of the body because it is capable of corrupting the whole body. If it were not enough, it ignites and consumes the course of creation with the fuel that originates from hell itself. It's just the same with your tongues. It's a small muscle capable of marvelous undertakings. It can consume us. It can destroy us. It can ignite and cause sparks, the fires to grow that are just beyond belief. So then what do we do? The simple answer to illustrate this, I would like to go take a little throwback to my childhood in the 1980s that points us in the right direction. Watch this. a careless moment to turn this into this. Don't let forest fires be your fault. Make sure your fire is dead out. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. You see that every Saturday morning during the cartoons. But there's so much truth beyond just preventing forest fires. It's preventing the very fires that can stir in the hearts and the minds of people. Only you can prevent those fires from happening. You know, when you're in a conversation in a, in a, where you think that maybe you're instantly going to somebody and talking to them, and, and, and it's a conversation of not proper accuracy or pure motive, and you turn away and you walk away from that conversation. This happens a lot. I know this because this has happened a lot in my eight years of being a pastor here at the church. So much to where it's made me want to walk away from being a pastor. And that's why this topic is so real to me. Because I have been the victim of gossip. I've also gossiped. And so I can attest to that as well. But what happens is, is that when a small spark happens in a conversation, and I'm not saying our small groups are all like this, but I'm going to use that as an example. That a conversation takes place in a, that you go to your small group and you start talking about something because you're upset or you're frustrated. And then you turn away and you walk from it. Before you know it, behind you is a raging forest fire that is turning its way towards the church and the people that are working on the church staff in such a way that when we come, before we can even have a chance to talk about it with you, the individual, it turns out that we've got to put out an entire forest. That's why you see churches in America splitting. That's why you see churches in America popping up everywhere because people want to get away from the gossip, but it just follows us around. So how can we, how can we control ourselves from being a gossip and how can we help others not to gossip? Well, first of all, we need to prepare yourself by being focused, by focusing on truth and love. Focus on truth and love. To know the truth and to know love is to know Jesus and to be in relationship with him. To focus on these things, we need to remember and to ready ourselves. Already like what Gay mentioned last week, we need, to, we need to, to ready ourselves. We need to ready ourselves, and one way that we ready ourselves is how Buddy mentioned a few weeks ago, is by allowing the Holy Spirit to take control of our life. And we do that by being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when we allow Jesus Christ to become our Lord and Savior, He fills us with the Holy Spirit. And when we allow and we nurture the Holy Spirit within ourselves, then, then the words that come out of our 
our mouths, the actions that we have are not that of ourselves, but of that of God himself. And when we speak those things, it's truth and love. And when we're not speaking those things, then that's that of the enemy. And we've, we've suppressed the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So we need to continually ready ourselves and, and to allow the Holy Spirit to work there. Search our hearts. We need to search our hearts for the motives behind our conversations before we go and speak. And sometimes we just need to listen and not speak back to enter into the gossip. The second thing is what we can do is we can just turn away and walk away from the gossip and conversation. Just walk away from the discussion taking place when you walk into a place where you might be hearing gossip take place. But if you're strong enough, you can put out the gossip fire. You can put off the gossip fire by a couple of things, by focusing on the positive and steering you into a new topic, a new direction. You can take the conversation, you can take control of the conversation and steer it to a new direction. Here's one that I heard from Charles Swindell. He says, ask if you can quote on what's being said. So if I'm in a conversation with you and you're trying to come to me and you're talking about somebody else, I'm going to ask you, well, can I quote you on that, Brad? So that way, when I go and talk to that person, I can say, well, Brad said this. You know, I had a, a meeting, an interesting meeting not long ago where, where a similar situation took place. Somebody wanted to meet with me. And, and I'm, I'm learning to say in my meeting, so here's, here's the rule. If you want to come meet with me, here's what you have to do. You have to let me know what you're going to meet with me about. I learned that from John Hall, that he doesn't take meetings unless he knows what the meeting's going to be about. Because then how can I best be prepared to meet with you if I'm not don't know what you want to talk to me about. Because what it does is if you come in there and you start throwing all the stuff at me, it's going to cause me to get the, the dog in the corner reaction. And I'm going to get defensive. And I'm not going to come at you with the, the approach of God and seeking God. So a conversation took place like that where somebody wanted to meet with me. They wouldn't quite let me know what they wanted to meet with me about. But they talked to somebody else what they wanted to meet with me about because that person told me what. So I already kind of knew. See, things get back around in the church, all right? So the person came to me, and I said, great, you're going to sit in that meeting with me. And they're like, what? And yeah, I said, I don't want you to say anything. don't want you to sit there and say a thing unless I need you to. But that person came and sat in the meeting with me while I met with the person who originally wanted to meet with me because that way, as that person is telling me what they want to hear, I can confirm it with this other person that it was the truth. So can you be quoted on it? Ask yourself. Do I want to be quoted on what I'm speaking or what I'm saying? And then go directly to the source rather than taking a bunch of other people with you. He says, Matthew 18, 15, if your brothers and sisters sins, then go and point out their fault just between the two of you. Not to get an entire church of people pointing their finger at somebody else. Go yourself. And if you can't work it out between just you and that other person, then you need to go and seek wise counsel. And that doesn't mean just going to get in somebody else that believes the same way that you believe. You go and you find a neutral party. Pastors. Counselors. That can help you get through those things. The sea, here's, here's what it is. The night was calm and the sky was clear. A soothing breeze swept across the land. And as you lay on the ground looking up at the night sky, all you can see are the countless stars glimmering in their brilliance. It seems all is at peace in the night. And then out of nowhere, a tiny spark hits the ground. It causes you to sit up at this, in this time. What are you going to do? Watch this. Okay, so we drowned the fire. Yep. Stirred it. Mm -hmm. 
Drowned it again. Mm -hmm. And now just feel if it's cold. Yeah. Smokey just gave me a bear hug. I know. I already posted it. God wants to give you a bear hug today. God wants to give you a bear hug and help to put out the forest fires that are running this world, burning this world down. Because the tongues of man are like speaking out the words of fire from hell. And so we have the choice. You see, Buddy taught me a great leadership lesson long ago and early in, in, uh, in my ministry. And it's the bucket illustration, or in this case, it's the can illustration, or whatever you want to call it. But each of us, each of us carry two jugs in our, in our hands. And I'm sure if you've been around here long enough, you've heard this. But it's the truth. We each carry two jugs. In one hand, we carry a, a jug of water. And then in the other hand, we carry a jug of gasoline. Now, why the gasoline is smaller than the water? Because it only takes a little gas to start a fire. And there's times when we need to use gasoline, and there's times when we need to use water. When it's that of the God and his passion and his vision for God's glory and what's doing that, then, of course, we should be pouring gasoline on that vision because we want to see God's vision and carried out, and we want to see it burn bright in our world. But if it's that that's tearing down and the motives are not pure and the accuracy is wrong and it's about others, then what we should be doing is taking our bucket of water and pouring it on that fire, stopping it before it can become too big. It's these very things that, that God wants us to do. He's given us the tools, and it all becomes a tool with just having the Holy Spirit live in our lives. So what bucket today are we going to use? Are we going to use the gasoline and start, start having these same conversations that we've had week after week as we go out of this place today? Or are we going to start using the bucket of water? You see, search our hearts. And, and let us see and allow the Holy Spirit to guide our conversations. And I guarantee you, he will not lead you down the past, path of gossiping and destruction. When you are earnestly seeking out the Holy Spirit, he will not lead you down those. So during this next song, I want to ask you to just allow the Holy Spirit to take control of you in these next few moments. Because you know what? We've all, been, we've all been victims or we've all been those that have gossiped. And sometimes we need to search our heart because we need to go back and correct those very things. So during this next song, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Maybe there's someone that you have been gossiping about or that you need to go and apologize. Or maybe you know some people that are gossiping and you need to confront them to put out the fire. I don't know what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, but right now, just during this next song, let's give him the permission. Let's give the Holy Spirit permission to take control of our lives, to take control of our tongue so that we can that we can be completely focused on God and speak only words of love and truth to our brothers and sisters. Let's stop stabbing each other in the back. And let's start building each other up. You know, the stage is open for you to come and to kneel, to pray, to lay it before God today. If you're watching online, you can kneel at your couch. But let's just take these next few moments and let us just search our hearts as we sing. So we'll all stand together and sing and then allow the Holy Spirit to touch you and work in your life how you see fit today. If you are a new Christian and would like to know what to do next or where to go from here, you will want to get a free Next Step packet that contains reading materials and useful resources that will point you in the right direction. 
For more information, please contact Salem Fields Community Church at 540-786-6212 or visit our website at salemfields.com or email us at podcast at salemfields.com.